Welcome to the Inside Loris Athletics podcast and this episode of the Hall of Fame Celebration Series. My name is Emily Adelfinger, Director of Athletic Communications and your host for the podcast. I've really enjoyed this opportunity to get to know all of our Hall of Fame inductees for the 2021 class. And I'm excited to introduce Thomas Bay, class of 1981 and a former men's cross country and track and field student athlete who has compiled an impressive resume as a Dewhawk in and in collegiate athletics. So Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today and congratulations on your achievement as a member of the Hall of Fame. Thank you very much, Emily. It is indeed humbling and greatly, greatly appreciate the honor. It's nice to be included in that kind of a group. Absolutely. And so we have a lot to talk about today because you have accomplished quite um, an impressive resume. But let's start with getting to know more about you and um, your journey to Loris. So how did you first get involved in the sport and how did it lead you to your career as a Duhawk? Well, I actually started running distance when I was in seventh grade. It was kind of a strange story, but uh, circumstances led me to have to run two and a half miles to a basketball practice. And, you know, at that time, we all thought we were basketball players and football players and baseball players. But uh, as it turned out, I was able to run two and a half miles as a, a 12, 13 year old. And that kind of turned me on to the idea that maybe I might be uh, pretty good at that. So I went through junior high and then went to Montini Catholic High School in Lombard, Illinois, and continued to uh, run on the cross country and track teams there. I did play basketball my freshman and senior, senior years. And really all that did was affirm that I was more of a distance runner than I was a basketball player. Um, so uh, I ended up at uh, Loris through uh, my, my high school uh, dear friend and teammate, David Smith, who was a year older than me at Montini. We were very good friends and we hung out quite a bit. Um, I actually left Montini in 1976 upon graduation. David had gone to Loris to go, to go run for then Rick Witt, who was then the coach. I actually took a year and went to Western Illinois for a university, excuse me, Western Illinois University for a year, but uh, got the uh, uh, got the, the, the hankering, if you will, to get back to distance running. And it was really David Smith that uh, my dear friend who convinced me it would be a good idea to come to Loris College and run with him and his teammates. And from there, uh, it, uh, it, it, it turned out well, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Absolutely. And I mean, when you said it's one of the best decisions you made, it's also, you know, a great decision for the team to have you because you were highly successful during your time. Uh, so for our listeners who might not know what Thomas accomplished as a Dewhawk, um, he was a seven-time All-District honoree and a 10-time NAIA national qualifier in cross-country, indoor, and outdoor track and field. On the Outdoor National Championship in 1980, he was a finalist in the 5,000-meter run, and he also held school records in the indoor 1,500-meter and outdoor 3,000-meter steeplechase. Um, you're also a three-year team captain. So what did it mean to you to be a part of the Dewhawk program? Um, of course, you mentioned that your friend um, was there and kind of had that influence. But you know, for you, what was it like to be a part of that team? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, Emily, we, it was uh, 
cross country and track and field uh, was a little bit differently supported back then. It's not really like it is today. Um, we didn't really have money resources. And subsequently we kind of uh, were kind of living on, on a very minimal uh, budget, I think. Uh, our coaches changed almost every season. And so we got to be very close as a group, our teammates, because you know we, we, uh, we kind of had to hang together. And in some instances, we coached ourselves a little bit, um, just from the standpoint that until uh, years, my senior year, when David Smith, my friend, became the head coach, uh, you know, we sometimes didn't know who our head coach was going to be uh, during the summer leading into cross country and track and field. So, uh, uh, so we really got to be a very close group and uh, we took great pride in what we did, what we were doing. We knew that Loris had a great tradition of cross country and track and field. And uh, we wanted to kind of get back to that. We, wouldn't, we hadn't won the district championship uh, in, in a little while. And uh, there were some great runners that would just came before us, Mike Cassidy, Chuck Cordy, who was a national champion in the 10,000 meter. I'm sure you know uh, Dr. Cordy well. Um, that, was the, that was the hope that we could get to that, back to that level of tradition that uh, uh, Loris had achieved. And over time, we think we made an impact. We got better. And then we got better still in the, in the 80s. And you look at what the cross country and track programs have done today. And it's uh, really a tremendous source of pride that we were, uh, we were there in the early years, if you will, of the kind of the resurgence of Loris cross country and track and field. Ryan, so you mentioned that the team had to be very close knit because you all really had to rely on each other. And I feel like with cross country, you know, people don't really think of it as a team sport. You know, they think you're out there running by yourself, but you're really not. I mean, who else are you going to go and do these hard workouts with and be out there and, you know, run that distance with. So I'm sure there are a lot of memories made over those years when you all have to be so close. Well, I, I think, you know, you're right. There, there, there's a special camaraderie in, in that sport, uh, like other sports too. But, you know, when it's Sunday morning at eight o'clock and other people are sleeping in from the night before and you've got to get up and go do a 12 or 14 miler, you know, that's when you rely on your teammates and, 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 your, and your friends to understand that, uh, you know, we're all in this together. We're all doing our work. And, you know, the sport of distance running particularly and track and field cross country in general, it's pretty unforgiving. You really can't hide if you don't do the work. I mean, you're, you're certainly not going to be able to perform at the level that, that you, that you uh, um, uh, are capable of. And subsequently, we pushed each other. We push each other a lot. And sometimes you do it on cold, rainy mornings when, when, when you got to go out and run. And like I said, we just, we had some, you know, memories include some of those those were some of the best memories, I should say, is, is, is when it was the hardest, when it was physically the most taxing. You know, in the winter, when you came back in from a 12-mile run and it was five degrees outside and everybody's got their face and their, is completely, and their head is completely covered with ice, 
Um, my dear friend, Tim Durham, who was my roommate and teammate, you know, he had a beard and he would just come back with just cakes of ice on that beard. And we would all get in that locker room and defrost, if you will. And it was some of the hardest things that we had to do. But at the same time, they bring back some of the best memories because we were closest and we were we were in the foxhole together. And um, really, to tell you the truth, not that to suggest that any other sports don't work as hard at their at their craft, but very few people can really appreciate the effort it be, is takes to be in that sport if you don't live it every day and go through some of the kind of uh, uh, very very physically taxing things that you do. Um, the funny thing about cross country and track and field is uh, there are many sports where you kind of live with pain. You get hurt, you get hit. In the sport of football, there's a certain amount of pain that comes with that, certainly in the sport of wrestling. The difference between that and with cross country and track and field is the pain is kind of self-inflicted. And, you know, you, you inflict the pain by running fast, and then you have to continue to run fast while you're in tremendous pain. And that's, the, that's where the camaraderie comes from. Some would suggest that's where the, you know, lack of mental capacity comes from. I mean, who does that? But but we we found it to be uh, we found it to be a, a highly honorable way to to uh, use our athleticism. Yeah, and you're right. It takes a special group to go through and do that. I mean, not just anyone's going to go out and run with you on a five degree day and come back caked and ice. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not me going with you because that's <laughs> not that's not for me. But you know. If, you talk about all the great memories. If there's anything you could go back and do as a student athlete, like, do you ever think like, is there another race you'd like to have either in cross country or track or, you know, even just something that you wish to practice, you were, wish you would have done a little bit harder, you know, thinking back, what would you ever do different? Uh, really? It's funny. You should ask that Emily, because there are, there are a handful of those that I would do differently. I can think of two off the top of my head. Uh, you had mentioned in 1980, I got into the, a uh, 5,000 meter final. It was down in Abilene, Texas, the NAIA final. And there were uh, a lot of very, very good runners in that race. It wasn't the race so much, but I had made the mistake. I had run the steeplechase my first couple of years, few years, and I ended up r running the preliminary steeplechase the day before, I think it was Thursday night, be before the 5,000 meter semifinal. And really the 5,000 was put in as kind of a add-on extra. If I had made the finals in the steeplechase, then I would have scratched to the 5,000 and just focused on the steeplechase final. Well, I ran okay in the steeplechase. I don't think I ran my best race, but I didn't make the final. So I went into the 5,000, ran well, made the final of that race, but now I got to day three and it was my third race in three days. And I, and running against the nation's best, that was not the best of uh, situations for me. So I, uh, I don't recall, maybe I put a block in my head how well I did in that race, but uh, I, uh, it, it, it was not my best performance. I know that I was, I was gassed. The other one uh, that I can think of was actually my senior year at the Drake Relays at the distance, uh, we ran the distance medley, which um, uh, let's see who was in that. Tom Manning was in that. Tim Durham 
again, who I mentioned earlier, uh, ran the three quarter legs for us. Back then, they, they, they ran the half, the quarter, then the three quarter, and then, and then the mile. And I was running the mile, the anchor leg. And I wasn't really a miler. I was more of a 5,000 meter person. But, um, you know, it just kind of turned out that, you know, to put a team together, I would run the mile. And it was an interesting race because my dear friend, Tim Durham, ran an incredible three quarters leg and gave me the lead. And when you give the lead to a 5,000 meter man in a mile, I have no idea what to do with it. And unfortunately, uh, um, also in the race from Northwestern College over there in Orange City was a, a, a district rival and an AI rival, uh, Northwestern College. And um, running their anchor was da Dale Schoolmeister was Dale Schoolmeister, and Dale was a multi-time All-American in the middle distance. And uh, I want that race back because he caught me and in the last 200 meters, he beat me. And I was always a little disappointed that I didn't run a different race, maybe to try to hold him off. He was very good. And at the end of the day, he was faster than, than me. But um, it's a race that I've run over my head a thousand times. And uh, we did well. I mean, we, 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 we actually still have one of the top distance medley times uh, all time at Loris. And uh, but it's but it uh, could a little bit could have been a little bit better. I could have been run a little bit faster anchor leg, and maybe uh, may, just maybe held off Dale. But you know, I don't know if that was a good explanation. You can you can you can tell by the way I was able to come up with both of those immediately that they both bothered me. <laughs> yeah, I think people but, don't understand that when you're a five that like. People think, okay, it's only a mile. Like that's obviously less than a 5K. But what people don't understand is milers are like running a mile very fast. Like that's what they're yeah. training to do. You're not training to run a fast mile. You're trying to run a 5K. Yeah. Well, when you're running up against, you know, 408, 409 milers, which is pretty, very good for NAI Division three type thing, you know, you, you need things, you need things to go right. And uh, again, I'd, I'd love to blame my friend Tim Durham because he, you know, he, he, he took, he took the baton. I think he was in fifth or sixth place and he ran just an incredible anchor. Tim was more of a half miler, miler and he, or excuse me, not anchor, like three quarters leg. And, uh, it was, I was very, very surprised when I got the baton with the lead. And like I said, didn't really know what to do with it. So, right. But, but, but it, 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 it is a great memory. And, and they were some great teammates that put all that together for us. For sure. So let's switch gears a little bit from your athlete days to your coaching time. So following graduation, um, you took on the assistant coach role with the cross country team. And then the next season, you became the head coach for three more years. Um, during that time, you led the team to the district championship each year. And you were also the district coach of the year um, each of those seasons as well. So what was that transition like for you from being a student athlete to a coach and then seeing that team that you had been a part of continue to have tremendous success? Well, it was, it was a great source of pride. We had, we had a really, really good group of people there. I mean, the, the athletes we had, of course, we recruited guys like Pat Turney uh, and, and Chris O'Donnell. 
Phil Cowder had come over from Westmar. And uh, I don't know of an athlete in any sport, much less distance running, that has had a, a, a more uh, developed uh, work ethic than Phil Cowder. I mean, he just uh, just did everything humanly possible and did every bit of work that you need to do, and then some. And it was really it was really a real pleasure to uh, to coach guys like that. Pat Tierney, same way. You had some great guys. Tom Manning uh, was a guy that worked very very hard. So it was a great source of pride for me that not only were we getting better, but we, we, we got to uh, work with, uh, with, with guys that were really committed to it and were committed to uh, getting better and to representing Loris and getting us back to the district title and getting us back into the national scene where, uh, you know, where we had been a, a decade or so at Loris College. And uh, it was a great source of pride to, to, to watch those guys perform. And, uh, you know, I was a young coach and just kind of just learning how to do that and juggling all sorts of things. I was teaching school up in Dickeyville, Wisconsin, uh, my first year uh, and doing some other things to pick up a couple of bucks here and there. And uh, it was, uh, it was really, uh, it was a real joy and a labor of love. And I was fortunate to, to fall into that situation and uh, to be able to work for the people I worked for, uh, particularly the, the then came in the director of athletics, Kevin White. Yes, and as you said, you mentioned a few names, uh, Phil Cotter, Pat Tierney, Chris O'Donnell. So they all went on to become All-Americans um, and, and also in the Hall of Fame. And so you had that experience again, creating high caliber athletes and having them see success. So when Dr. Bob Tucker came in, um, he tasked you with also helping to initiate the women's track and field program. Um, and I'm sure you've seen and followed the women's track and field program has become one of the top programs in division three over the course of the past th three years. Um, so as someone who helped get it started, you know, what does that program's success mean to you as kind of, I don't want to quite say founding father, but in a way, you know, you really helped get it off the ground? Well, I certainly, I, you know, I was certainly contributing, but obviously that was uh, Dr. Tucker, you know, Bob really took the lead on that thing. You know, David Smith, who was also coaching, was also much, was also part of that. And um, as was Greg Capel, former director of athletics at Loris and former teammate of mine and coach. He was our head coach my senior year, but, uh, yeah, it, it is a great source of pride to see where that program has come. I was looking, uh, I have moved and all my things are in storage right now, but um, I was actually looking at that team photo from, uh, must've been about 1983 of our women's team. And, and you know, we, we had about, uh, I think about 12 women and uh, uh, Bob and, uh, and our assistant coaches, I think Mike Windsor was in that, photo, uh, of course, Bob Tucker, uh, Monsignor Lang. And to look at that photo and, and, and see what, you know, not only what, what Bob Tucker did with the assistance of our folks, but what those young women did to, to start things. You know, somebody's got to be the first one over the wall, right? Somebody has to start it. And those women, my recollection, worked 
every bit as hard as the men and, and, and did everything they could just to get the program running. And having now been in college athletics uh, as a, co a coach and an administrator for, you know, for well, 40 years now, um, I have a deep appreciation for um, how long it takes to build a program, to, to have a fledgling program, to have a vision, and to, it sometimes takes years and years. Usually, you know, 10, 20, 30 years is not uncommon to get the program to its real capacity. And uh, hats off to, to Bob Tucker for having that, vim, uh, that, that vision and for, and for starting that, and, and as well as, you know, my colleagues, that we all kind of pitched in and did our parts just to get it going. And we couldn't have been, uh, you know, I think if you check with anybody that was associated with Loris back then, we took as much pride, if not more pride than anyone, that uh, we were there in the beginning and, and, and took pride in what that team has accomplished these past couple of years. It's just, it's just amazing. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, so you've been involved in collegiate athletics for quite some time in a bunch of different roles. Um, so, I mean, selfishly, I was excited to see that you have held sports information roles because, you know, it's few and far between. It's a special thing when you get to talk to someone who is in the same field. They know that it hits a little different. Um, it's, a, it's not for the faint of heart, I guess. And so um, you did that for from 1983 to 1985 at Loris. And you were also coaching at the same time you were doing that. I can't imagine how you could do that and continue to do SID work. So again, incredible. That's a Hall of Fame act in itself right there. <laughs> what made you want to continue your career in collegiate athletics? Um, you know, was it something that you knew when you went into college or was it the, that experience at Loris that kind of springboarded you and made you say, this is what I'm going to do, you know, for as long as I can? Well, I think, it, I, I think at Loris, you know, we, you know, I certainly got to uh, an appreciation for collegiate athletics. And as I mentioned, and I don't mean this as a negative thing on anyone, we, we, we didn't have any support there. I mean, we went through a whole bunch of coaches, some great people, Dave Ostrander and Al Wattin, uh was coached our cross country team. Dave Ostrander was our head track coach. Uh, I mentioned Greg Capel, David Smith. Uh, my first cross country coach, track coach was a gentleman by the name of Bob Pankey. So, there's five people right there. We had different coaches and things. And uh, to be honest, I wanted to be able to personally provide a little bit of stability to the Loris program. So those guys that were coming in, you know, had the same coach from year after year. And um, as I got in a little bit more, and then uh, when Bob Tucker came in, he was a great influence and a great mentor. And then, of course, when Kevin White came in as the director of athletics, he also gave me uh, 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 served as a great mentor and influenced me as well to get into the administrative side full time. Uh, back, you know, then it was, you know, doing the sports information work and coaching. And what, what you didn't mention, I was also the hall director, the residence hall director at Beckman Hall for two years and then at the old St. Joe's Hall, uh, which has been, I believe, torn down since. But there were residence, there were residence hall rooms up up there too. So our day was kind of uh, filled with student affairs meetings and then doing some sports information work, coaching the kids, 
and, you know, just kind of spinning a lot of plates at the same time. But, but it was all a labor of love. And, and we, uh, you know, I couldn't think of a better way to make a living. So, and back then it wasn't much of a living to tell you the truth, but nevertheless, it was still, it was still a, uh, a great, great way to start out and to uh, have an appreciation for all of those roles that those, that those people go through. And you went on to continue being a collegiate athletics administrator, um, currently at the division one level. Um, and you've been at some pretty large institutions as well. So what was that jump like, you know, cause division three is completely different. I mean, you, you do a lot of everything, as you just mentioned, you really encompass that. So what made you want to go to the division one? Was it just an opportunity that came or was I kind of, again, in your mindset of that's where you wanted to go down the road? Well, I think that, you know, there's a lot of great, great people and great things that happen at Division Three, or the, we, we, we at that time were at the NAIA level. Um, uh, but I, I guess it was, a, it was kind of an aspiration. I think Kevin White probably planted this seed to, uh, to get to uh, the Division One level and quite frankly, to be a director of athletics. And he, he kind of turned me on to that whole idea idea of, 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 of making a, uh, a career of it. It was a different job than it is today, but um, that kind of what got me started. One of my big breaks was, uh, was uh, moving from Loris to the University of Illinois, where I went into work as the uh, Director of Sports Information Marketing Promotions for the women's program. And uh, back then the program was split, men's and women's. I worked with the men's sports football particularly, but I, my primary responsibilities were with the women. But it was still a big jump from Loris to the University of Illinois. And kind of how that came about was actually because of a basketball game that uh, Loris played at Northwestern. We went and played Northwestern. I think that was Mike Jaskolski's team. And um, I was doing the sports information work got to meet the Northwestern people, got to befriend them. And lo and behold, several months later, or maybe it was a year later, year and a half later, an opportunity came up at Illinois. They called me and they said, hey, this is something you might wanna, you might wanna be looking at. And as it turned out, um, Kevin White knew the, the Dr. Carol Cars, who was supervising the position at that time at Illinois. Kevin had known her when he was doing his dissertation on Title IX within the Big Ten. And so I had a little bit of an in there. They, he kind of knew her in things. And so that was, a, that was a huge bump from Loris to Illinois. But I think really what it spoke to was how much respect that, that a Big Ten institution had for Loris College. That, you know, we can take, we can take a Loris guy, even though we're at the, we're at the Big Ten and we, uh, we, we have a high opinion of ourselves. So I mean, it's a great league, but, um, but I, took, I, I took that as a great vote of confidence in the things that happened at Loris College. Absolutely, yeah, and that's a great, a great point to make because you know, a lot of times people think, oh, it's just division three, but it's a really special place. And you know, it's the experience that the student athletes have. I mean, as you talked about, even though it was NAIA during your time, you know, the experience speaks volumes as to what the student athletes can accomplish during their time. So 
as someone who uh, works closely with collegiate athletics still, you know, what does it mean to you to be a part of the Loris Athletics Hall of Fame, especially with some of your former student athletes? I, I think that that, that is uh, really the greatest source of pride that I have that, um, uh, that the people that we recruited and coached did so well and uh, uh, that, that we, we, were, we were really on the, uh, on at the, at the beginning steps of something that was, became extremely successful and, and, and not only those athletes, but with the traditions that were then built on that foundation it means everything. I mean, I'm very, very proud of my education at Loris. I'm very proud of everything that we accomplished as a student athlete, certainly as a coach. And I'm proud of everything that Loris accomplishes today. When they had that great basketball run a few years ago, and um, and certainly what the, what the, the men's cross country team, team did just a few years ago in St. Louis and got in the top 10, uh, you know, Several of us, uh, David Smith, Bill Cowder, my brother Joseph, who was also a Loris grad, who I coached at Loris for a year or two. He transferred down from lacrosse. We were all down there at, uh, in St. Louis for that championship. And it was, it, was, it was a great, great feeling to see that, you know, that, that, that the, the, the legacies continue to be built there. And it's the kind of place that not only do uh, the people that give opportunities to people like me who did not have tremendous academic prowess coming out of high school. Um, but they gave, they gave me an opportunity and they give thousands of men and women opportunities over the year to, uh, to uh, get, a, get a great education, have a great experience, uh, have success as an athlete and, and just create that building blocks for our own lives ahead of us and, 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 and how we can build on that foundation on our own lives. And Loris has been doing that for years. The number of people that come out of there and accomplish in every profession, collegiate athletics or not, is incredibly impressive and a, and a source of great pride. So to be put in this group, um, for that to be recognized, I'm, it's hard to describe how proud I am of that. Was definitely without a doubt. After talking to you and hearing your stories and reading your resume, you absolutely uh, have your spot in the Hall of Fame. Um, and so, congratulations! Um, it's definitely something to be very proud of. And we're excited. We're excited to continue to celebrate um, on October first and second for our Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and also at the halftime of the football game. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that one. So thank you again for taking the time to talk to me today and share your story um, and again, celebrate your accomplishments. Well, thank you very much, Emily. I really look forward to it and look forward to seeing so many old friends at Forest College. It'll be great to have everyone back in person this year. Um, it's definitely been long overdue. Thank so you. As we get ready to celebrate Duhawk Athletics, make sure you are following along with all things Loris Athletics online at dohawks.com or on social media by searching Loris College Athletics on Facebook or at Loris Athletics on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to check back for more episodes in the Inside Loris Athletics podcast. And remember, go Duhawks!